Hello to football supporters around the world, and especially here in Thailand, welcome to the Portcast Podcast, with news, views, and profiles of the supporters of Thai Port FC, or as they say in Thai, Tarua FC. And now, here's your host. Arguably the most knowledgeable Port FC supporter this side of Janet the Hutt. Ladies and gentlemen, Tom Earl. Okay, welcome to the podcast. It's another attempted, upbeat beginning to a podcast. Um, Today, we are going to be talking about how Thai football is experienced by foreigners. So we're going to try and look at Thai football completely through the lens of someone who can only speak English and someone who is only exposed to um, football-related content in English. And we're going to talk about what that experience is. And I am joined by James via Zoom, who is in... Where are you, James? I'm in Tasmania, Australia. Tasmania, mate. Yeah. Just like an hour off from uh, Melbourne. Excellent. So, um, yeah, me and James are just going to be having a chat about a kind of... Well, I think we have to start out by talking about how fans come to Thai football in the first place. There's a, a couple of different ways it can work, I suppose. Either you're kind of independently motivated to go and find out about Thai football or you just kind of happen upon it and it, it's a coincidence. So um, with you, obviously, you, you sort out information about Thai football. So how, yeah. how, did, that, how did that work for you? Well, I, I came across on a holiday and uh, a mate of mine, he's really involved in Thai football. And I just said, I want to go to games while I'm on a holiday. And so he just went, all right, we'll go to these, these games. I went to... Bangkok United, Mung Tong at Thammasat, um, Port Angtong, and we went to someone else. This was the 2016 season. And um, from there, ended up just out of the games that I went to, went, all right, I'm a Port fan now. <laughs> I guess for most people... Um, for most people who don't have friends who go to watch Thai football, it's different. What What do you think would be the main thing that would get people into Thai football? Just you'd have no idea how to find it if if you don't know anyone. You'd have a really hard time finding how to get to a Thai football game because it's it's not really that well advertised. You kind of have to seek it out. So maybe if you're on holiday, you might have to ask the hotel concierge or something like that. But yeah, I mean, apart from that, if, if we think about what it could be, I mean, there's the team's own marketing, um, which if you're, if you're in, a, in somewhere like Boyaram, where there are kind of a lot of posters and you can see the stadium physically and yeah. that kind of thing, then it would be the sort of thing that would come to you. But if you're in a big city like Bangkok and if the club in question is Port, then there's there's very little way you're going to find out. I mean, there are Madame Pang personally has a lot of advertisements yeah. all over think... the city, but they're nothing to do with port. There, there are some buses I've seen which have um, 
which have the port logo and port players plastered on the side of the bus. Um, but besides that, besides that, there's very little. I think the first time I ever saw Pat Stadium, I was on the motorway. That, yeah, that and would we, be right. we drove we drove past it, and I just said to the taxi driver, "Hey, there's a football stadium there. Who plays there?" <laughs> jump off the expressway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just pull to the side, and I'll jump off. <laughs> you could you could almost do it from there. It's really that close. I, I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, and from the Thai football league itself, um. Again, there's not much out there. There's obviously their website, which you would get if you Googled it. But in terms of them kind of seeking out supporters to foreign supporters to come and support the game, it's it's very difficult. Maybe you could see it on True, on on True for You, or maybe True Sports Two, where they have a lot of games. Yeah. Um, but again, you'd have to stumble upon it. it it's not going to kind of come to you. You're unlikely to see it. In, in bars, you know, if you're in a bar, there's unlikely to be Thai football shown on the screen. More likely people will be watching Premier League or even Bundesliga yeah. or whatever. So I think you're very unlikely to, to just stumble upon it in that way, which, which is a shame. We need more people to do that, to bring more people into uh, to watching Thai football. Yeah, you, you definitely need more, more eyes on, on the product because ultimately that's what drives your broadcast deal up. The more viewers there are on your product, the more valuable it is. So let's say you do get to a game, you know, by whatever, whatever miracle. Um, what do you think the experience for someone who has no information about what they're walking into? Do you think the experience is a positive one and is likely to kind of draw people in to, to coming back? It depends on which stadium you go to, really. Like yeah. my, my first ever game was Tong, Bangkok, United at Thammasat, and I barely saw the game. So... Am I likely to ever want to go back to Thammasat to watch a football game? No. <laughs> like it, it, the away fans, because we watched from um, the Mungtong Supporters Bay, and it was it was just you, you, the only thing you could do was look at the other fans because you couldn't see you couldn't see the ball. Yeah, I think Chanatip was playing that game, and at the other end, he just looked like a dot. Like you need binoculars. <laughs> Yeah, I think as you say, it's purely down to uh, down to who you go and watch. You could have a brilliant first experience going to watch Thai football. A lot of people I've spoken to have they watched it and they and they were immediately um, immediately hooked and wanted to come back to whatever Pat Stadium or OCG or Leo or what, one of the better. Well, stadiums. If, if you go to a football specific stadium, you're going to enjoy it. Like if you go to Chiang Rai or, or Buriram or Pat Stadium. Um, the Thunderdome, you are going to enjoy it because you can see what's actually happening. But yep. if you're not, like I'm not used to watching football with an athletic strap around the pitch. So for for me, if, if I'm going to go watch a game of football in Thailand, I'm going to look to see if they've got a running track first. Yeah, for sure. Um, and if if you are at the stadium, would there be anything to help kind of finding out who the players are, maybe have a look at the league table, you know, f- find out that kind of stuff. I can't Wikipedia. think of where there would be, Wikipedia, <laughs> obviously. But I'm trying to think just in, a, just in a physical sense, if you're there at the stadium, because there are no match programs, right? I mean, P- 
Laporte have had maybe three or four of them <laughs> just after yeah. Madame Bang started. I've got a couple actually in my uh, in my bookshelf down there. But um, if they're that rare, you should be putting them on eBay. <laughs> yeah, I, I should have framed them or something. Like put them in an airtight <laughs> container. <laughs> but I think I think Chonbury have had some in the past as well because I remember seeing um, Dale posting some some links to programs. But I can't think of anywhere that happens now, um, and I and they're certainly not kind of very visible. And yeah. I'd imagine they wouldn't be in English either if if you were going to get true. a match day program. You, you might be able so. to see a lineup in English or something, but um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the, so you, you we I was lucky because my friend knew a lot of what was going on so I could kind of just sit with him and say hey who's that on the ball or that kind of thing and he'd say oh it's such and such and we we went along with that and then when I got home from the trip I I ended up just getting on Google and Port FC and I ended up finding the sandpit and then that was that was how I ended up getting all the information on Port. Yeah and I think there are some people who I don't want to sound like I'm um, saying that this experience is bad at all, because I don't think it is. There, there are some people that turn up in, in the sandpit and will just seek out someone like me or Tim or, or Dom or whatever and just ask us what's going on. And they don't feel compelled to go online and find out about it because maybe they're not that interested in the football side of it, but they really like coming to watch the game at, at Pat Stadium. And that's, that's a different way to how I... Um, experience football how I enjoy the experience but it's perfectly legitimate and and I think some people really do enjoy not being exposed to all of the information the tables player news transfer news and all that and just enjoy turning up on a Saturday and, and asking someone oh when's the next game or you know who are we playing today or whatever <laughs> people just don't have a clue what's going yeah. on but it's really enjoyable uh, nonetheless well, it, 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 you're either hooked on it or you're kind of just in the background, just happy to watch it, but you don't, you don't want to know what's going yeah. on. And in that case, it's, so, it's more the ex- experience of going along to the ground and having a beer and having a chat outside and everything. And you know, yeah. some people only pop in to watch like 30 minutes of football per half or, or some of them just sit outside and don't even watch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think that you can just turn up without, at least at, at a club like Port, without really knowing what's going on and, and be able to find out if you want, because there are so many foreigners. I think for smaller clubs or at least clubs with fewer foreign supporters, that would be more challenging. You'd need to, you'd need to be able to speak Thai to, to find yeah, out information from people and stuff. Definitely. Or you'd need a friend that's bilingual so that you can kind of navigate. I think for the most part, a lot even even if you're at a club that you don't know, like even for for me in Australia, you couldn't go and talk to an away fan mm. because it'd just be oi, piss off kind of thing. But over here, they, they'll they'll give you some food, they'll give you a beer, and they're happy to accommodate you and have a chat. And you might not speak the same level of language or whatever, but you can kind of get the gist of, of what's going on, and it's a positive. Everyone at Port has has had the experience of um, some really friendly um, local who's had a few beers coming over, pointing at the logo and saying family or something. And 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 you only need one word at at Port to be able to feel that connection with with the people who are there. Well, I think I went to one game at Pat 
And I wrote, because I wasn't sure if I'd get a ticket, I showed up a couple hours early and I got the ticket. And um, Wachara showed up not long after and he was posting for selfies with, with fans who spotted him. And then he, he walked off and then I had all these Port fans come over and start having selfies with me. And it was like, oh. And then I think Tim showed up maybe 30 minutes later and it was like, oh, thank God, now I can... Now I can relax and have a beer and talk. talk they, with thought, they thought you were Port's latest signing. <laughs> yeah. I'm a striker that's going to play as a left back. <laughs> the longest, the, the next in a long line. <laughs> okay, so um, so next I, w- I wanted to move on and talk about what I'm calling traditional media when it comes to football, by which I mean basically newspapers and TV. Um. And I, I had to do, honestly, a bit of research for this because I don't and have never got my information about um, Thai football from newspapers. But I know that some people do. So just because just I don't, probably you don't, that doesn't mean that, that a lot of people do. Um, so I did have a look. And what I thought was the writing was kind of very impartial, as you'd expect from a newspaper. They were just kind of presenting what people had said and the kind of really basic facts and not going any further than that. So it was paced job. basically, yeah, I didn't get the impression that the writers knew a lot about what they were writing about and, and they just, yeah, they just gave, gave the information and, and sometimes that's good. So I, I did look at, I got an example of a story, which I thought was good, which I'll, uh, which I'll post in the article. And, um, that one, the article was called Thai League One teams say no to scrapping results of the first four games. So, so mm. all they did was list all the information about um, what exactly the, the head of the FAT had said. The information was very clear and easy to get. And I think if you're using another medium, like the kind of mediums we normally use, social media, it would be more confusing. Like we'd just see a jumble of shit from loads of different people who don't have a fucking clue what they're talking about. (laughs) But at least with a newspaper, you know that some bloke has has done his work and actually listened to the guy and translated it and and that kind of stuff. So I I think that kind of information, perfectly, perfectly passable. Have you ever, have you ever read Bangkok Post or The Nation or anything to, and read Thai football? I've, I've, I think I've seen two or three articles and I'm kind of lucky because the articles that I read were about a transfer or something like that. Mm. So there were actual facts posted and it wasn't just a such and such move to Thai Port. The fee was this. It was, it gave the history on the player and, and all that kind of thing. But yeah, that's, um, that, that's the kind of um, article you'd expect in a newspaper really. Yeah. The, um, I also got an example, and this was just me scanning through, just like searching the Bangkok Post website for stuff about football. And I came up with an example of an article, which I thought was pretty crap as well. And it's literally titled, this was the headline, Thai League Expected to be Exciting. Yeah. <laughs> and, it was just, and it was just basically copying um, or just um, printing what the again, the head of the FAT had said, but he was just talking bollocks. <laughs> yeah. So he was just saying rubbish about, uh, basically he was talking about how good VAR was going to be. And that's what kind of made me think it was a bad article because um, 
he hadn't gone on to say the the writer hadn't gone on to kind of fact check anything the guy had said and say, well, no. the the implementation the implementation of VAR has been very controversial in Thai football. There have been several instances of cock ups and fans don't particularly like it. You know that that's extremely mm. important context. If you're just gonna you know you're gonna talk about what the guy said. Yeah, the the the, the giving. Quotes in the article was fine, but the the writer didn't have an opinion. So exactly. what's the point in what's the point in writing an article if you haven't got an opinion on on what's actually being said? You're and not actually contributing anything to what what you're publishing. Sure, and and I think you, you would get all of that opinion probably more than you bargained for if you if you did seek that seek out that information on social media say so <laughs> you'd definitely get someone like uh, tim giving their opinion in a very uh, very heartfelt way if you were to ask on, <laughs> on twitter or or look at people tweeting about that subject and what then, the headline should have been was fat approves for games to be three hours long instead of 90 minutes long <laughs> yeah because <laughs> that's how long var takes in thailand yeah it's been hilarious this well yeah, after the season started, we had such a kind of a good run with VAR. We got so many positive VAR decisions and still all the fans were saying the same thing. I mean, it's good to know that, that people aren't just pissed off because they've lost. You know, on principle, yeah. I completely think the VAR is crap, even if we seem oh, to be getting loads of decisions by it. The, the only technology that um, football needs is goal line. Yeah, leave the rest agree. out. Leave, leave it out. It's not, it's not required. And um, it just makes, how are you supposed to celebrate a goal knowing that 30 seconds later it could be chalked off because someone on a screen that's never played the game before has decided, oh, his pinky toe was offside. Yeah, those offside ones are so ridiculous. Yeah, so uh, can't can't stand the AR. Good to know we're on the the same page in that, despite uh, what the Bangkok Post would have us believe. Yeah. (laughs) So... um, I've also included in this segment um, articles in magazines because you'll get the odd feature piece in a magazine, kind of a local interest thing or whatever about um, some fan or some stadium or some game or, or whatever it was, something that happened in the past maybe. And um, we've seen some really good examples of this. Mostly um, the ones that I know about are the ones where they've interviewed uh, Port fans who I know and so I think Tim has been involved with a couple. The one that I'm going to share in the uh, in the notes below is the one that Hockers, uh, Peter Hockley, also known as Thailand's number one expat fan, um, did for for the Big Chili. The article was literally called Thailand's number one expat football fan. So I've had a lot of fun with that since, kind of ribbing him for <laughs> with that. You label. can make it into a shirt for him to wear to away games or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> that would be perfect. But, or a, but badge, that was, a badge to put on his hat. Yeah. Yeah. But he's a fantastic writer, better than mm. um, most of the writers that write professionally, to be honest. He's, he's so good. And, um, and just to get that kind of thing turning up in, in magazines is the sort of thing that, that can catch someone's eye and encourage someone to come along to a game or, or something like that. Cast type football in a positive light. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Okay, so we've got newspapers, magazines. We have to talk about TV because, I mean, this is, this is the main medium by which people um, experience football, obviously, because that's how you watch football if you're not in the stadium. Yeah. 
I don't know how... Do you reckon a lot of people watch Thai football on TV? In Thailand? Mm. Probably not. Um, I, can't, I can't imagine so, because it, it depends on the time the game's on, really. Is, is, is a Premier League game on at the same time, or is, is a Premier League repeat on at the same time? I think, I think there's a lot of Euro snobs still, even though the football in Thailand is the best in the South Asia. Southeast Asian region, the the fact the population still doesn't fully get behind the game in Thailand, unfortunately. No, no, I I completely agree. I've I've experienced the same thing where people just give you a funny look, especially as a foreigner. If you're telling a Thai person about Thai football, <laughs> you'll mm. get that bemused look. But like, why would you watch that rubbish? <laughs> you can watch Borussia Dortmund or Real Madrid or whatever. Yeah, on TV, not at the stadium. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly, and that's what I'll say to people. But um, so obviously, you've you've watched quite a lot of it of the true coverage. Um, yeah, on, what, on YouTube. What do you make of it as a as a non Thai speaker? How accessible is it to you? Uh, well, True put one one live game on a week on YouTube that you can stream. So I don't get to watch all, all the games and not necessarily a port game, but they, they do make um, one game at least not region blocked as well. So you can watch it from anywhere in the world and even within Thailand and no worries. But um, what was I saying? <laughs> um, yeah, just to, just talking about how good the true coverage is. I mean, what what do you think about the... Camera angles, the, camera, the sound yeah, quality, that kind of thing. The sound quality is fine. Um, sometimes I miss things because um, they get sidetracked almost on, on the camera where something will happen, but they're still focused on a foul that might have happened in the centre circle. Like there was two or three goals that we scored last season where they didn't actually get it on camera <laughs> until they did a replay. They must have had a, another camera set up. And they've had to use that camera angle for the goal because the main cameraman was focused on something else on the pitch. So, yeah, for, it, it, it's a good experience. Like, a, a, I'm happy watching games covered by True. Do you watch and, with the um, commentary on or commentary off? Uh, commentary off. Off. No. Oh. Yeah, most <laughs> most definitely. Like, there's only so many times that you ah. Oh. Yeah, it's, it's like watching a Korean game at the moment. They do the same same sounds. To be honest, I love the psychology. I, mean, I, I can understand a bit of it. I, I don't completely understand everything, but I enjoy the kind of the drama that's added by these ridiculous um, sounds that the commentators come out with. The, the thing that I, I, I only understand, like left, right, centre, and the players' names, so... There's not, not much going on where I can sure. kind of understand what they're saying. Yeah. And I think with, with True, I, uh, I should have checked beforehand how much the, uh, the packages actually cost, but the, I, I remember thinking it's not worth me getting the full sports package, which is whatever, True Sports 1 to True Sports 6, um, partly because I watch most of the games at the stadium. And partly because it was just more more expensive than I than I thought it, mm. it should be, more money than I thought it was it was worth. So, 
Yeah, they, uh, that doesn't help, obviously, bringing in um, casual viewers, people who aren't willing to fork out a load of money to watch all the games. Although, on the other hand, they do put a lot of games on some of their free channels. Yeah. True for but you, they need to obviously, adver- being the main they, one. They need to advertise it more. Like, if, you're watching, yeah. if, if you're watching True for You, for instance, and they're going to show a game later, you'd never know unless you turn the channel on and you saw football. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. And this is kind of a moot point because it doesn't exist, but I think in the past, um, the people who have shown Thai football have tried to advertise it more to a to an English-speaking um, supporter base. But unfortunately, I just don't think that supporter base existed at the time. And... I'm not sure it would now either, to be, to be honest. I mean, I, I used to love watching all of the stuff when I was a kid of um, that ESPN Star Sports did. ESPN Star Sports used to have all the rights and they would cover mostly English football and European football, but they would do the odd show um, about football throughout Southeast Asia. I think they were based in Singapore, but they, yeah. they did quite a lot of um, little interest stories or little reviews of what had been going on in in local leagues that was a really good thing to do then but i think it must just not have been worth it financially for them yeah because the interesting thing that would be could be done now is if um that not necessarily live but once a game's been recorded if they got an english-speaking commentator to go through and commentate a game that's already been recorded just do voiceover so that if a game pops up on true for the, for a port or a Bangkok United, like a, a club with a lot of foreign fans, if they saw their game and then there was an English commentator saying what's going on, like that, that'd be a goodie. But definitely. I mean, minimal expense. Um, yeah. It wouldn't, wouldn't cost much to do that. And you could, yeah, that's well, a good they, idea. They could, I hadn't really thought about that. They could do it from, from their studios that they do all their, the rest of their stuff. So, yeah, like, you, um, you wouldn't need to do Simon, any Simon Hill. match analysis or anything. You could just do the commentary. Yeah, Simon Hill commentated a Korean game from his house, I think. <laughs> like he was just um, Fox Sports showed it or something, and yeah, he was he was commentating the game from from Australia, and yeah, that that's one one thing that you could do. Yeah, because could you imagine if you were hungover from from your night out and you're on holiday? And you woke up and you turn on True Sports and you hear an English commentator on a game. So straight away, you're watching football. You can be told what's happening, who the players are. I tell you what, it it could go one of two ways. I I love the idea, but I remember switching on the the Port versus Ceres Negros game (laughs) in in pre-season. And, uh, oh, my God, those commentators made me punch myself in the face. I think the same commentator did the Buriram game in China. Ooh. And he's like, A for effort, you, you're trying. But like, you, even on um, Wikipedia, they kind of tell you how to pronounce players' names. Like they'll, they'll show you the way that you should be trying to say the name. And he hadn't checked it out. Yeah, <laughs> I sympathise with, with people a little bit for that because Thai names are so difficult to pronounce. 
Well, the, the, I, I, I wasn't sounds... annoyed with bad pronunciation with the Filipino ones. I was just, oh, it was just rubbish. <laughs> I, I was watching um, a game in Singapore earlier before the lockdown started and they had a Brazilian striker there and they had an English commentator um, commentating on the game, obviously. And the Brazilian striker got tackled and he went down and the commentator's saying, oh, he's faking it and, you know, he's gone down. Um, softly and all that kind of thing the guy broke in his leg like it, it wasn't it wasn't a bad bad challenge but it wasn't a, it wasn't him going down and faking an injury like and so a couple minutes later that's funneled back to the where he's commentating from and he's trying to <laughs> go back oh i'm sorry i was making it sound like he was play acting and all that but yeah the guy the guy broke in his leg Oof. But yeah, that's a bit nasty. When, when you're commentating as well, um, you got to be impartial. And a lot of, I've noticed a lot of the English-speaking commentators, they kind of struggle with that at times mm-hmm. where we're used to football being played a certain way. So, ah, he's faking it. But you, you can't say stuff like that when you're commentating. You can yeah, think well, it. You can't I, say it. I was thinking about offering myself for the service of doing commentary, but then I don't think people would uh, enjoy hearing my commentary of like, <laughs> I don't know, like a team I kind of like versus Muang Tong or something like <laughs> I would be well, if, absolutely if, brutal. If you did like a, an analysis show, you could almost get one of those counters up at the bottom where it's like one roll, two roll, three roll. <laughs> oh, he didn't make the fourth roll. <laughs> for Hebity, for instance, when he gets fouled. Yeah. There was, um, in the UK, I think they did this on Sky, there was a thing where they just filmed a supporter of each club doing just mad kind of fan commentary of games and then giving people the option to listen to that as well. And that obviously wasn't <laughs> meant to be good commentary. It, w- it would be the, the guy would stand up and shout when his team scored and you know, absolutely rip on the other guy and stuff. <laughs> I'm not suggesting they should do that, but that's, <laughs> that's another, could you imagine another fun that, thing. Could you, you'd need like a, a beeper for so, so much to, <laughs> yeah, so yeah. you couldn't hear everything that's being said. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't be for uh, public consumption. 15 years or older. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, at Pat Stadium, all the, like, the little kids hear it all the time. <laughs> they don't care. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. So... Um, we've covered what I'm calling traditional media now and let's move on. Um, obviously the first thing you said um, when you wanted to find out about football was you were going to Google it. So I, I did actually check earlier what happens when you just Google Thai football or Thai football league or whatever. And obviously the official Thai website is one of the things that comes up first. So what do you see on there? Well, in English, you can very clearly see the fixtures, the tables, top scorers, kind of the basic stuff like that. Yeah. Um, if you know what you're looking for, you can find match sheets, which have yeah. the info for all the games, the stats, the yellow cards, everything like that, which is really good. That's something they've added recently. Um, yeah. it, it's not the easiest thing to find, but it is there. And they do an English version and a Thai version, which is very good. Um, unfortunately... I've never seen that actually be ready for the start of the season. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the Thai league side is usually three months late. So yeah. usually by, by Songkran, you usually have 
the Thai league site. Although I think it, it wasn't ready until May or June last year. Yeah, it happens so often. And then they, they advertised it for so long before it actually got up and running. And you had, I remember seeing some journalists actually commenting on, I think Ben Tan's his name. Yeah. The, the FAT guy in this thing. Yeah. Hey, when's, when's the Thai league going to be up and running? <laughs> yeah, I think what they did eventually come up with was really good. Um, yeah, it's a good product. It, it was just too late. But you've got to do better. You've got to you've got to get it out on time because, yeah, I mean, it's just that's the stuff we need to know. If we're going to use that website, we need to know that that stuff's going to be there. And if it's not, I just won't check. You know, if I if I'm not sure that it's going to be there, I just won't bother looking. Yeah, well, you've got like a three month off season to get it ready as well. So there was no real reason why it should have taken them so long. Yeah. So. Yep. There's also no content in terms of opinion or interviews or news or anything like that. They, they don't put anything like that on their website. Obviously, they've got it in Thai, but, it, but it's not yeah. translated at all. So obviously, they've made the calculation that that's not worth it. And again, maybe, maybe they're right about that. Um, although they do, at the bottom of the website, they link to their social media where they do the odd tweet in English and you, you can, you might just, you might see a headline in English, but you won't obviously have a full story or, or anything like that. So you can find out little bits and bobs from the website, some important information. Yeah. But the reliability is a massive issue and that's, that can't be the best introduction to it. I'm sure loads of people, particularly in past years, because now it's much better than it was before. Yeah. It now, must have really put off people in the past. Yeah. Imagine the amount of people who have turned up to watch things which weren't on and all that kind of stuff, you know. Yeah. Well, I know that if if they have something in Thai that I can't read, I just take a screenshot and <laughs> send it to you and say, hey, what's, what's going on here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so when I Googled, again, when I Googled uh, Thai football or Thai football league, another website that came up was thaifooty.com, which... I think you know Paul Murphy, who, who runs that uh, website, blog. Earlier was the first time I've ever used that website, though, after you sent it to me in the, mm. in the file. Oh, really? But, yeah, I'd, I'd never been on there before. I've seen his tweets, and I, I, I know that he runs the website, but I've never actually gone okay. on there. But I um, read, read his article on Matt Riley, I think his mm. name was. Yeah. yeah. So that'll be one to check in the future, now that I know it's there. Yeah, it's like I said, it's one of the first things that comes up in Google. So I think a lot of people who are interested in finding out information will see that website as one of the first things. And it's, I, I think it, it does very well because it's the complete opposite of the Thai League website. So it doesn't pay any attention whatsoever to statistics, tables, uh, pictures, top scores. It doesn't have any interest in the st- statistical stuff because that's available elsewhere. Um, and Paul just runs it by himself. So he just does um, opinion pieces, interviews, maybe analysis, previews, reports. Um, so I think if you've got those two things, which are two of the first things that come up, you've, you've got a very kind of basic overview of what's going on and, and you'll know which matches are happening, um, which teams are supposed to be winning and losing, who's good, who's bad you'll know uh, some stuff about some particular people that he interviews or, or talks about. Yeah. So, so I think, I think Paul's website does a really good job. 
And it's good that that's one of the first things that comes up because some of the other stuff that comes up is, is completely useless. There's, there's one like Thai football with a U.com, which is just selling shirts. Um, oh, okay. and, and there's just, there's links to crap, which isn't at all helpful. Yeah. But that's, uh, Paul's is definitely a good, a good resource. Well, obviously with him being just one person, he, he used to do stuff for ESPN. I think he used to be employed by ESPN Okay. To write about Thai football. No, no, to write yeah. about uh, football all across Southeast Asia. And I actually, I prefer what he does now because it's more, it's more just about Thailand. It's not as much stuff about other Southeast Asian countries, which obviously I'm not interested in as much. And yeah. he, I think he was stuck to doing a format with, with ESPN, which I didn't think was, was particularly, yeah, I, I didn't like reading it as much as I like the stuff that he's doing now. Okay, so um, obviously some, some people will want to find out about football in general, just you know, through typing in Thai League football. Other people are going to type in uh, the name of their club or the name, yeah. of, the name of a club if they want to find out what's going on. And you will be met by an extreme range of different things <laughs> if you Google the, at the official website for all these different clubs. Fucking hell! I did this earlier, and it it, it was a, an experience. It was a roller coaster, and it makes no sense either. Like running a website, if if fans can run fan websites where they're not, it's not even their full time job, and they're doing a better job than professional football clubs are doing. Like there's, there's no excuse for it. Um, and to not, not, yeah, go on, sorry. To to not even have a good website in, in Thai. Like I can understand if it's not perfect in English, but you're not even helping your Thai fans. Like, yeah, it, it is really shocking. That's exactly what I was going to say. The fact that it, that, that it's shit in Thai, let alone English. <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah. And you could spend like 20 to 30,000 baht a month to employ someone full time and say, this is your job. Make sure it's good. And you could do more as well. You you couldn't you wouldn't just have to do website. Obviously, you can do social media, and you yeah. can do other platforms. And that's easily a full a full time job. You know, taking care of yeah. a website and a few social media platforms. You could do that. You could do it pretty well, and it would make a very big difference to clubs who do have that fan base, that foreign fan base, of which there are a few. Yeah. Well, you could just get someone from university, give them a camera, and say, "Here you go." Write about, write about our club and take some photos and. Well, that's, basic, that's basically what Mung Tong <laughs> did a few years ago with uh, with Gian, who I've had on the podcast yeah. before. He started that, off doing just social media content for Mung Tong. And it's a great idea. <laughs> like it, Absolutely. It, it's it's not difficult to organise and it gives it gives um exposure to your club, which is never a bad thing. Yep, absolutely. Considering how how profligate clubs can be paying their players <laughs> you think yeah. they'd, they'd think a little bit about just investing in staff who can who can help you know thousands of fans to to yeah. experience well uh, if, if there's if there's more exposure for the club then there's more fans to come and see your club there's more jerseys to be sold like it just makes sense if, and the we, amount of clubs that don't even have an online store like, yeah. come on <laughs> this is income yeah. For you to overpay more foreigners. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
Yeah. Um, so when I did look at the websites, I picked out a few which I thought were good and it was kind of the ones you'd expect. I thought Bangkok United and Bangkok Glass, both of the websites looked really good, which is Very even, good. If, even if you don't speak um, Thai, you can just, you can see a well laid out, well-made website. And, yes. and they have the option of basically navigating all the tabs in English, which is what you need. Yeah. And the good thing about Bangkok Glass as well is if you want to learn more about the club and you go into the, the player option, you can actually find a tab that says X players. So you okay. can learn about every single foreigner that has played for your club before. That's cool. Like That's it, a good and it, it, it has the years they played for the club. I think if you click on it, it'll tell you how many games, goals, and it includes a picture of them. Excellent. So yeah, if, 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 if you were someone that was a Bangkok glass fan and you were, oh, who played for us in 2009? You can go through and you can actually find out. Mm, yeah. I, I was looking more at just the functional stuff. So with those two, again, BU and BG, it was very easy to look, to find fixtures. It was very easy to look at a table and it was very easy to find um, a shop or, or like buy tickets, find out how to buy tickets. It would show yeah. you like a map of the stadium with different zones and things. And, and whether or not you can read Thai, obviously all that information is just um, visually available and quite obvious. Well, with Bangkok United, they could just say, just show up at the stadium. We don't, we don't sell out. Just show up and walk around for a while. You'll find, you'll find a way to get into it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And um, those, those were my two kind of, um, runner-ups but unfortunately I, I do have to admit by far the best website in terms of its English language content was Wong um, Tong and and like we were saying before they had Gian who did the social media now now they have another guy who does it and um, yeah he just writes little news pieces in on, on the website so when you click on the English language version you know I, I just did it earlier today and there was a an article about Addison joining court. So I've got up-to-date news um, and it's, you know, a fairly decent fleshed out article about what was going on. So yeah, that's, that's the only example I could find of that from any, any club. Port's website is a fucking disaster. Absolute, <laughs> I mean, absolute disaster. Obviously yeah. I'm not like, I'm not the most impartial person on this, you know, because obviously we, we, um, myself, Tim and Dom started the sandpit because the, uh, because that website was shit. So <laughs> we're kind of emotionally invested in it continuing to be shit, but, but it lives the up to that every year. page should just link to the sandpit. Don't, don't <laughs> even go to the port website. Just go straight to the sandpit. <laughs> Yeah, at least yeah, I would enjoy that. Um, um, we'll spend we'll spend x amount of million baht on Chen Rock, but we won't have a functioning website. <laughs> and I um I forgot about this when I was um when I was planning this episode, but you were very right to bring up Wikipedia. Um, that is something people use all the time as a resource, and it's pretty good for Thai football. There's a lot yeah. of information on there. Yeah. If Wikipedia is useful for foreign players and the table, I find. And if you want to look up past results as well. Yeah, I find it really useful just looking at players from other teams yeah. who I don't know. Um, if I don't know a player, I'll either find them on Wikipedia or Transfer Market. And 
yeah, I'll generally get, I mean, not always with some young unknown players, there's nothing on wiki and not, and maybe like yeah. almost nothing on transfer market, but yeah, it's, it's another a resource which people can definitely use. It's not, I can't think of how, would you get fixtures on there? On um, Wikipedia? No, maybe. Yeah, no. Not, can't not, think not for that. the Thai league. For, no. for the Hong Kong league, you do on Wikipedia, but not, not Thai league. Yeah, so it's really something you want to use to be looking up squads. I mean, it's not entirely accurate. Obviously, they do make mistakes, obviously, because it's... Yeah. Um, well, because it's edited all the time. Um, yeah. So you will get some some fake news on there, but on the whole, it's pretty good. And you, there's there's nothing else with that scope that Wikipedia has. Obviously, there is stuff for individual clubs, but to find 20 clubs, you know... With, what, 18 clubs with a few clicks. It's definitely the best yeah. way to do that. Yeah. And um, just one more note on the on the official website. As I said, I had a roller coaster when I was looking through this stuff earlier and Police Tarot nearly gave me a heart attack when I saw their website. <laughs> this was hilarious. It was beyond hilarious. So, like, they must just have some kind of auto-generate function for English... <laughs> content i have no idea or is it paid advertisements if they're getting paid for this stuff it's outrageous because i literally was offered to buy what what was it buy armenian girls like what what <laughs> what i had i mean there was stuff for dick pills like buying armenian girls the most ironic part of it is it's police police, <laughs> police yeah so they had just some weird articles um which like i said i have no idea where they come from but they yeah for absolutely vile absolutely ridiculous offensive material you'd, you'd hope that their site's been hacked well, you would, yeah. on there, but you just couldn't I bet, no. I bet it isn't <laughs> i bet it's just there because <laughs> because they just did some kind it's, of default painting it's paid income that's <laughs> absolutely yeah, unbelievable we're making three million a season through dick pill at the time <laughs> yeah <laughs> big dick pill <laughs> yeah so that that was pretty amazing that's that was the low i mean there, there were clubs who had no website but that's way yeah. worse than having no website <laughs> yeah you'd rather have no website than <laughs> yeah absolutely and unbelievable so um yeah, that, that was the low. That was definitely the low. And if we move on from the official websites, obviously you, you've already mentioned uh, fan-run websites and blogs, which is something that not many clubs have. Um, but the ones that I know of that exist are really good, obviously. I would say that, but okay. So, so we've got, obviously we've got the sandpit for Port fans. Yeah. Um, and before that as well, a long time before that, uh, a guy called Marco, who I don't know if you know, um, Marco did a blog and this was, it was much more basic. Um, but it, he was doing really detailed match reports. I think, I don't know if he did previews, but he would just do blog posts about games that he'd been to and news that he'd heard or important things that had happened in other games. And brilliant. I, I, you don't need, you don't need these things to be fancy. I mean, all you're no. trying to do is communicate information and Port have been lucky to have had that for a few years. And um, Chonbury is another one who's got, who's had a website for a very long time. I don't know exactly where they stand on, on Dale's website at the moment because Dale ran 
a, a Chonbury website in English for a long time. But then yeah. there was a, an incident, which, to be honest, I didn't pay much attention to. But um, there was an incident which caused him to, to take it down. Oh, okay. And, and I think he took it down. And it's been replaced now with, um, I think it's called It's a Habit That Sticks or something, where he yeah. just mostly reposts old stuff that he'd originally put on the Chonbury website. So it's a little bit different. It's not, it, it won't, I assume, have all of the like the tables, the player lists and all of the stuff that, that were on the old website. But it does have yeah. a lot of the old content anyway, which is great. I mean, and he's spent so long doing it that, that there is just, you could post an article every single day and have something interesting to read, which is yeah. brilliant. I see it pop up occasionally and I'll read, read what um, gets tweeted, but it's not one that I openly have bookmarked or anything like that. No, no I mean, read, again, it's from, it's from mostly, what I have read, it's, it's it's good stuff that he posts and it's it, always yeah absolutely it is it is club specific so i'm not surprised that a lot of it isn't interesting to you um yeah yeah it isn't interesting to to fans of other clubs for the most part it, it would be obviously be very very helpful and brilliant for for chonbury fans or people yeah who are thinking of getting into football in that area and just people now people who are interested in what football was like 10 years ago well, I think the, the articles that I enjoyed the most were the ones that he, I think he interviewed Steve Darby and yeah. um, one of the Spanish players and Tiago Cunha. <laughs> 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 like those were really interesting to hear what they were thinking and stuff like that. But yeah, if it's just going to be about, oh, there's a match on the weekend, then I'm probably not going to read it. But yeah, a lot of the stuff that he does post that involves ex-players or coaches and things like that it's really interesting stuff to, to read yeah yeah some very good content and um besides that I, I don't know how many of these things exist i don't think it's many um another one that i know of is uh nakon retrosima of korat who um a guy called russ uh, russ john i think does a does a blog there and again that's uh, that's quite basic quite simple it's previews and reports um but he he sticks to it he keeps up with it and I'm sure it's very, very helpful to to their fans who yeah. who want that information and, and can't find it elsewhere. So, yeah, I mean, I, I love this stuff because it's the editorial standards, shall we say, <laughs> to use a bit of a grandiose term, are much lower than than what traditional media produces on the whole, the newspaper stuff. But it's way more interesting for me. I mean, the, the content's so much more diverse. Like you said, the stuff that Dale's done, interviews, you know, we've done similar stuff. Um, opinion pieces uh, like best ever lineups, worst ever lineups, podcasts, yeah. whatever you know, you can get all of this stuff, and it's it's, per- it's personal. Yeah, absolutely. It's like specific it to to the people. You know, it's tailored to what people want. Well, it was like when we did those um, best ever lineups and things like that, and you'd message someone saying, "Hey, hang on, you you selected such and such instead of." Like it was water cooler conversation where you're generating a, a discussion with other fans who have either the same opinion or they'll say, no, this player was better. And so you don't really get that on your generic club websites no, or no. Out, out of a newspaper article. So that's, no, the, that's the benefit of a fan site. Yeah. And, and I think even even sometimes, to be honest, the stuff we post is actually better in a traditional sense than the stuff that 
that newspapers yeah. post. I mean, it, it depends on the person who's writing. Obviously, we have a huge, um, a huge group of people who contribute uh, to the sandpit. And some of them are absolutely brilliant. I mean, some of them should be writing professionally or could be if they wanted to be. And um, yeah, yeah we, we have some really good stuff. And at the same time, we have some stuff which is um, written by people who aren't interested in in writing, you know, kind of newspaper quality content. And a lot of it's still enjoyable, but it's, but like I said, the editorial standards are very different. And that's a positive, definitely. Yeah. And obviously it's created and maintained by people who are just doing it for fun. So yeah. It's it's more enjoyable for for everyone, I think. Okay, so we we finally move on. I mean, this is the black hole that is social media. I mean, I don't even know what to say about social media in general. Like, I don't even know what I think about it. But it's definitely like the mecca for Thai football content, isn't it? It's it's where we get most of our information. And I know that's not true for everyone. Um, Informational misinformation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think uh, fans from the older generation probably don't... Well, we, I know that there are some who don't use Facebook at all. Um, obviously, a lot of people who don't use Twitter. So there are a lot of people yeah. who aren't exposed to this. So we shouldn't kind of think it's the be-all and end-all. But it's it's, I think, the area that we're definitely most... Uh, most exposed to <laughs> so this will be an interesting Accessible. conversation it's probably probably easiest to access stuff it's easiest to access out. and from the point of view of creators let's say people who who run these these fan websites it's by far the best way to get information out to people yeah um so for us it's brilliant because it because it allows us to kind of gather together all the people who want to consume our content and then we can uh, we can find them really easily with it not everyone clicks on, you know, a website every day and actually searches out information. You know, you, you do need to find people with it. And social media is brilliant for that. And, and the best example of that is, is Facebook where, okay. So we'll start talking about the, the official pages again. So every club that I've seen has an official Facebook page. Definitely all T1 clubs have one. Yeah. Um, so they're more, more yeah. widely used than websites by a fucking yeah. mile i'd imagine <laughs> yeah. and and a lot of them mostly post i say like pictures um they all have official photographers and they all take pictures of the players normally and the fans the action all that kind of stuff so so you get really good pictures from these groups um kind of graphics which talk about um, maybe head-to-head matchups between the teams you're playing fixtures information where to watch on tv all this kind of stuff. You, you can find all of that pretty much on, on all teams, social media. Yeah. And even if I think probably, even if you can't speak English, you can, you can glean most of that information or, or if not yeah. all of it. Or you, or you can hit the dodgy Facebook course, translate. Yeah. You can, you can have a cuddle with the, uh, the translate button. Have, have you noticed that by the way? Have you noticed that um, the word cuddle constantly appears yes. when you translate yes. stuff? Bizarre. Um, the thing that I would say about Facebook is why don't clubs have an album where they just have squad photos? Number two is such and such. Yeah. Like, there's no, there's no clubs that, that do that. That's a good where point. You could put, if you've got a 30 man squad, 30 photos on Facebook and you could just have the player, his number. And if you wanted to include a few like hometown, things like that. Like, yeah, it wouldn't it wouldn't take long to do. 
No, it wouldn't. I, I think that's mostly those are on websites. I mean, I think most of the decent websites do have like a, a first team link or whatever. Yeah. Where you can go and, and find maybe that information. I, the port one's absolutely shit for that as well. There's, I think for a while there was nothing for a while, maybe in like 2018, they had like the 2016 squad. <laughs> yeah. Well, Ch- Chiang Rise still has their 2016 or 2017 team. Yeah. So. Yeah. So that's, that's a good idea. I think that would be a, a useful thing for them to do. Um, so we've got the official Facebook pages and we also have a lot of pages and groups, which are fan made. Now, for the Thai fans, there are absolutely tons of these. I'm in loads of the the port fan groups that are for the Thai yeah. fans. And yeah, there are just several with like 20,000, 10,000, 30,000 people. And, and yeah. they're brilliant. It's, it's absolute mayhem in, in the groups, right? People, people will just be posting some random photo and making some absurd claim about some rumor they've heard or whatever. But, but it's brilliant. I mean, it's, it's up to date as long as you have kind of the ability to contextualize the information and know whether what you're seeing is likely to be utter horseshit or not. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like the biggest game of Chinese whispers ever. Yeah. That's a good way to describe it. So um, obviously we're talking about uh, the English content and a lot of clubs. I, I honestly have no idea how many, cause I don't know how to, well, I don't know how to, and I don't want to access this information, but um, we at Port for years and years and years have had Thai Port Imports, which is like a a private group. I think it's got about 400 people in it normally, um, which most um, people who come to the games regularly are in that group. I think it used to be public, and then we made it private after after an incident with an opposition fan. (laughs) But um, yeah, I should, I should talk about that actually because that really wound me up. Um, what happened was it, it was after the 2016 game. You know, you know the way with groups you can set them to public or private. Uh, kind of not, kind of like um. Okay, well, well, basically you person. can if you create a group. If someone searches for the group, if it's public, they can just go in and read everything. Yeah, and if it's private, they can't. Okay, so just like your normal and you and if it's you private, you have that. to request to join the group and stuff like that. Yeah. So some guy who was he claimed to be like a journalist or something. He claimed to be like a football journalist, but I don't know what he did. And he yeah. he was a fan of like three different teams, which is always a red flag. So he was like a fan of Buyaram and Udon Tani, I, I don't know, like Ubon, no, Ubon UMT and then someone else. So that was really weird. And he had gone to the game, um, the game where it all kicked off between Port and Mung Tong, the League Cup semi-final. And he had claimed to have seen, or maybe he'd seen it in a photo, um, the person who started the fight, you know, between oh, okay. Port and Mung Tong. So he, and he posted a picture of this guy's face and linked a, a, a profile to him with his real name on it and all, and all this stuff and posted it on our group, expecting us to go and witch hunt the guy, right? Because he wanted attention. It was absolutely yeah. ridiculous. And, and me and a few of the other people who are admins of the group just quickly had a chat and we're like, right, we have to get rid of this because this is like, not only is it completely immoral to do stuff like that, 
Um, it's yeah. also, I think, illegal in Thailand to just like slander people. Yeah, like that's that. that's like defamation to the max. Like, yeah, and that's... there was no evidence at all that it was true. All it was was like a blurry picture of some bloke throwing something. Yeah. And, and the guy like tried to out this guy and try to get us like riled up against him. Luckily, no one did anything, but it was very, very irresponsible. So after that, we decided to we decided to close the group. And well, we didn't close the group. We just made the group private so that, so that people can see it. Yeah. And yeah, that, that was just a bit of a sideline. But the, the point of the group is just to get all the fans in one place where we can uh, just talk about port stuff. And we don't get disturbed by uh, by anyone with different opinions. It's a complete kind of echo chamber situation. But as a football fan, a lot of the time, that's what you want. You don't yeah. want to be arguing with people all the time. You know? No, not, not with your own fans anyway. No, and, and we get, it's really good because we can post all the sandpit stuff on there. And um, yeah, everyone who wants it can can see when new stuff comes up and people comment on it. And obviously we get feedback from that as well, which is brilliant. Like I said, I, I don't know what other fans, what other clubs have, um, but I assume lots of T1 clubs have these kind of groups for their groups of foreign fans as well. Yeah, I'd imagine there'd be, be the certain clubs with a fair few expat fans that would um, have a little fan. I think I heard that there was a Patio yeah. one, a Patio United one uh, back in the day because they had quite a few foreign fans, yeah, were- obviously, being in Patio. They had they had a zone B, pretty much that they they had at Nong Pru. Like yeah, behind behind Pat Stadium, that that stadium was my favourite in Thailand because mm. it, it it was a bit of a, a pain to get to, but it you were on top of everyone and that that was that's how you want to be at a football game. Have you seen the clip of the guy um, who just? stood in the stand like with no one particularly close to him with a like a hula hoop thing like standing there oh, he had really? a big, big belly he'd go he'd stand there watch the game topless he'd have a beer in one hand and he'd just be there giving it this <laughs> with the uh, with the hula hoop while watching the game <laughs> uh, kenny who does those um the videos uh, straight out of bangkok videos he uh, he caught that guy on on camera and did quite a funny little clip <laughs> on him. Madness. Some of the random shit you see. But anyway, yeah, Patia have one of those groups, definitely. I'm pretty sure Muang Tong probably do. I'd imagine Buriram do for their foreign fans as well. And so that's, if you are looking for, uh, for that information, I'm sure it's not that difficult to find. Yeah. On social media. Yeah, so I put, I just did like a positive negative thing for, for the different types of social media. And I put the positives as uh, they help to build community. So obviously new fans can get to, to know um, older fans and find out information easily and all that kind of stuff. And um, lots of people have access to them. They're good to share information, content, get feedback, and they are uh, curatable. Like I said, that's important with, with people coming on there posting stuff that we don't want um yeah. we can easily delete it or remove it and the negatives i put it, it requires a critical mass of users to make it worthwhile uh, and someone has to be willing to actually do the work and make it and and all that kind of stuff so i think if you have a, if you have a small handful of people maybe they don't all use facebook then it's not worth doing yeah and i think that's 
uh, we're, we're about to move on and talk about Twitter. And I think Twitter would be better in that instance. If you are like the only fan for a certain team, you're going to get way more engagement and you can talk to fans of other teams by going on Twitter. So, yeah. Yeah. You need, you need probably up to a handful of people for a Facebook group that are willing to be moderators as well. Yeah. It can't just be one, one person. Um, doing all the cleaning up because there's going to be times where they're offline or not able to. And that's when you could have a lot of people post a whole load of crap and you can't clean it. You can't clean it up. So it's there for 12 hours or something like that. So, yeah. So as I, as I just mentioned, we are going to talk about Twitter as well. I think this, we, we both spend, (laughs) I I don't spend much time posting on Twitter, but I spend a fair amount of time reading it. I, I think you're similar, right? I'm a reader. I don't have an account because I know I get too many arguments. <laughs> so uh, I'm on, I'm on a, tw- I'm on a Twitter band where I don't have an account. Therefore I can't reach out to these people and say, hey, <laughs> that's a lot of crap. Or You're a something like that. Yeah, like, <laughs> everyone has an opinion, but yours is just ridiculous. <laughs> so, so I, I read it and um, I'll, I'll message you or someone else saying, Oh, this person's saying such and such. Like, Oh, but you're a lurker. That's, that's what you are. Yeah. You're a Twitter yeah. lurker. And, and, and it's probably a good thing that I don't have an account because I'd just be on ban, 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 ban. <laughs> my, my account would be disabled. <laughs> so um, again, we're going to start the same way. There, there are some Twitter pages. I don't think all clubs have them. It, to be honest, it's not very widely used. I don't think by the, by the Thai language football community. So I don't think it's worthwhile most clubs having having Twitter pages, although some do. Um, those that do mostly don't tweet in English. I think Wong Tong, again, might be the only one that does. Maybe Bangkok United sometimes as well. I've, I've never been on a Thai club's Twitter. Mm. The port one is just all in Thai. Okay. Yeah, I think that's the same for the few clubs that do have them. Um, so... That's not obviously where we get stuff from on Twitter. Most of us follow fans and, and there are different kind of accounts. There are some uh, accounts which are supposed to be kind of informative and they're not specifically dedicated to writing about one team. So, I mean, there are a few, I don't know what they're called, but there are a few like Thai football pages. Yeah. Um, that, was, that was the first one I ever went on. Once. Okay. Once I ever saw Twitter, and that was just because it was somewhere that regularly posted like a transfer rumor or even a confirmed move, and that's and so that that was just a way to pique my interest. Was oh, that's a cool rumor, or yeah. So then yeah, all tie all tie football. That's a that's another good one to follow. Okay, as well. yeah, yeah. So a lot of this stuff is just kind of resharing. Um, news quite often news that's come from Thai language and people have kind of either translated into English or are just relaying in English via a short tweet uh, which is really helpful to people who can't do that obviously yeah um most accounts do have even there are some that do try to post general stuff but are also biased towards a specific team which is obviously it's football Almost everyone's yeah. biased. If you're not biased, then 
yeah, I, I prefer to read people who are biased as long as I know what their bias is than people who yeah. are kind of pretending to be um, neutral, who are pretending not to have any um, favorites and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So I think most of the accounts are kind of are biased in that way. But like I said, that's cool. I like it. Um, most of the people who comment on Twitter are just doing it for fun. Again, similar to people who make their own websites, just kind of, it's a hobby, you know. And, but there are also some people who work in media. There are some other people who, are, who I think are using Twitter to, to try and um, get into working in media in the future as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, so some of those accounts, I've had some interesting... I have like a, I don't know, like a love-hate relationship with some of them maybe where I, I, I absolutely love that people produce quality football, Thai football related content for nothing and, and put it on social media. That's brilliant. Whenever yeah. we get people putting in the effort to, uh, to get stuff out there, that's, that's a win-win for everyone. Yeah, it, it only benefits the league and the sport and that kind of thing. The, the, the only thing that I would say is that if you're going to post something, just do a simple fact check before you actually post it. Like, is that player contracted somewhere? Is, like, there's, there's a lot of rumours that get posted and it's just it's just not feasible that it could happen. <laughs> and so if, if I was going to post something online where it's going to have my name attached to it, I'd want to do a background check to make, make sure that what I'm saying is at least... 80 to 90 percent accurate yeah not just have someone read it google that person's name and oh <laughs> yeah, yeah i mean no i agree and it's you're kind of lucky that you you know enough about Thai football to be able to put all of the stuff you read in context and you know when you're looking at something if it's obviously bullshit or not um mm. not not everyone is <laughs> is able to do that and that that's unfortunate because i think a lot of people do get kind of misinformation from from twitter and so i i think i know what you're talking about when you were saying that there were there were loads of rumors about um players joining a year and stuff like that and it yeah. was just it was obviously nonsense because they don't have the money to afford the players they were talking about they're almost bankrupt right as we speak they're, they're, they're barely they surviving as a club they were the first club to release not just foreign players, they released every player because they said we cannot afford to pay these players while we are not generating income. So how are they going to sign players that would be more expensive than the players that they released? Yeah, it just yeah, doesn't, it's, it's not feasible. <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm going to get rid of a Spanish centre-back that we signed from the fourth tier of Spain or or whatever, and we're going to go out and get a guy that was playing T1, like played in the K-League. Yeah, that's feasible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think, I don't know, I think maybe people who are, there, there are some people who just want to get attention, right? So, so there are some people Click who back. will repost and, and write about anything just because it's like shocking. And it will be like, could this really be true? question mark explanation mark and yeah. obviously no it couldn't it's just, click, it's just clickbait to exactly. get hits exactly and there's no there's no kind of value in posting that kind of stuff other than to point out 
that it exists and that it's not true. <laughs> and the thing that annoys me the most about that is you, you kind of go in your head, all right, I'm not going on that anymore. And I'm not going to check what they're saying because what they're saying just isn't, isn't true. And then I find myself going back there to see what ridiculous thing they're saying now. So yeah. it's, it's a lose-lose situation for me because I just end up messaging people saying, this is ridiculous. Just like hate reading Twitter. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, for me, the thing that winds me up most that I see quite often, and it, to be fair, this isn't only Twitter, but this goes on a lot through, through Thai media particularly, actually. Um, and it's the ridiculous comparisons of Thai players or Thai clubs to English players or English clubs or just European or world players or clubs. They constantly yeah. have to compare um, these Thai players with, with players who they think play in um, similar positions or, or are similarly good, you know, um, compared to their countrymen or whatever. And it's just yeah. so tiresome. Just reading all this crap about how, um, you know, years ago it was like Tanabun is the Thai Busquets. We, didn't we see one the other day? What, what was the one we saw the other day? Uh, I, I can't remember. I, I saw something um, which just made me cringe again. Like, but it's happened. There, there was times. someone that got linked to Beckham or something. I think it, I think it was. Probably, yeah. It was a Thai Beckham. Um, trying to think the, who that the, would be. The, the way I see it is like if, if they were that group, they'd be in Europe already. Um, of course, honestly but, speaking, of course, but even, but okay. I don't, I don't think the people who call like a channel tip, let's say the time Messi, I don't think they think he's as good as Messi. They're just saying no, he is, that's his style. He is to Thai football, what Messi is to whatever world football. But yeah. even then it's bollocks because no two players are the same and no two players are really no. that alike. I mean, like there are so many subtleties that, that make all these people different. Like I, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to just go on a rant. I don't know, but there was, there, there's one thing that me and a few other people have made fun of quite often on Twitter. And that's like using, um, using pretentious names to refer to different positions on the football pitch. <laughs> <laughs> this really gets to me. So like you'll find someone posting about like some, I don't know, some German word that means like, an attacking midfielder that drops deep once every seven minutes and only passes the ball with his <laughs> left foot or something. There'll be some ridiculous word that refers to this, this specific trait, which like only Thomas Muller can do or something. Yeah. I don't know, like some complete bollocks and someone will like compare super chai to that. or something. <laughs> Yeah. They've been playing football manager because yeah, you get, Exactly. You get, all different role, you get all different roles on football manager. Like that's that's exactly way. what it is. And it's and I think it's people who have watched um European football and probably have a, a really, really good, deep, better understanding of European football than I do. I, I don't watch much of it. And and I think if you analyze European football in that way, it's really, really interesting, right? So if if you know how all of these tactics work and, and you've maybe studied football coaching and, and you know um, how to do a, a high press and, you know, which player yeah. needs to go where at which moment. That, that is a really interesting thing to analyse. Unfortunately, in most cases in Thai football, it, it just doesn't apply. <laughs> yeah, because probably 80, 
80% of the coaches in T1, they don't even understand the formations that they're playing. Exactly. Like you've, got, exactly. you've got guys like Polking's brilliant. Like I really, really rate Polking the way that he sets his team up, the way he gets them playing. You can see the idea that he has and he's actually able to communicate what he wants from his players in that, in the way that he's set them up. But then you look at other clubs and like, you kind of go, uh, like, have you actually tried this on the training pitch? Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think I've talked about this before on the podcast, but I remember seeing Thailand play Japan and it was watching a team who knew how to play those tactics, like a proper aggressive high press against the team that just had no idea. And it was, and it was the, most of the players who were at Mwantong at the time who were definitely among the best and best coached players, but they just didn't have a clue com- compared to, <laughs> I can see, I can see your face. Obviously yeah. they're not, um, but certainly oh, now. They, they, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not, I'm not arguing the players. I'm just arguing. This, this would have been around the, 2016, the, 2017. The, the co- I'm arguing the, the coaching, not, okay, that's, not the players' skill set. That's fair. That's fair. There's, there's a lot of rumors out there that tactically, um, certain coaches aren't that that great, but on the training pitch they are good. But in terms of setting a lineup or or a tactic, they're not as they're not as sharp as they're made out to be. Yeah. Well, I've heard stories. I, I won't say I won't name this player or this club, but. Um, there are foreign players who come to Thailand. I've heard a specific story about one who, who didn't speak the language at all. Um, he had no, and they, he wasn't given a translator, and he just had no idea what was going on ever. So literally, <laughs> the only thing that he could use to understand what was being asked of him was to like look at the whiteboard and like look at where his number was moving, yeah. <laughs> and the club just made no attempt to to help him understand what was expected of him tactically but because probably they didn't know more than anything because <laughs> yeah. even even the players who do um understand everything that's asked of them a lot of the time it's it's just kind of aimless and and well it's just because it's put on the whiteboard it doesn't mean it's actually going to be done on the pitch as well that, yeah. that's the situation where if you're a striker you just stand up and say give me the ball and i will score like because, yeah, yeah. Um, but getting back to tactics and all that and comparing tired teams and, and all that, it's all well and good to say, look, we want to play like Barcelona. How are you going to do it? Have you got the players that can do it? Probably not. There's not. Yeah. Thailand but- just doesn't have the, the player development because every role at, at Barcelona is player specific. Every player has a specific role and if they don't fulfill that role, it won't work. So every player that plays that position, they've spent years learning how to play that exact position. And the best example of this that I can remember, I mean, this, this was so utterly incompetent and exemplary of how shit um, time managers can be. And I will name and shame this time because it was Zico. <laughs> and, uh, and obviously he was, he was heralded as being quite a tactically knowledgeable and um well well thought of coach and when he was at port he used to do this thing where obviously he was trying to do a bit of a total football thing 
He wanted, he wanted players to swap positions. And that's brilliant if your players know how to play multiple positions. <laughs> like, like, it's, like, I get it. You know? But, but it, basically, he was asking Nitipong and Pakorn to spend almost an equal amount of time in each other's positions. I mean, not quite. Maybe it was 70-30. But yeah. that meant Pakorn was spending 30% of the time playing right back. And yeah. I love Pakorn sometimes, but, but he can't defend. And, and the no. particular game in question was away at Police Tarot. And we lost 2-1. And for the, I'm not sure if it was the losing goal, um, but one of the two goals we conceded came because um, Nittibong had bombed forward, Pakorn had gone into cover. And he had... Uh, just whacked the ball into some top corner. Someone crossed it in behind him and he didn't know what to do. And he was kind of unsure of what was behind him. So he just whacked it and he whacked it into the goal. Like, <laughs> he obviously can't play right back. Like if yeah. you put Pakon in that situation X amount of time, so that's, that's going to happen. It's never going to yeah. happen to Nittipong because Nittipong knows instinctively what to do in that situation. Yes. And, and it, you're right. just asking for trouble and you're doing it for the sake of looking clever, I think. Yeah. Like that type of thing would work with, say, Yosawat and Kevin, because they've both played as a left winger before. They're both left backs. Like yeah. they could, in theory, do that kind of thing quite well and fluidly. But it's it's just so pointless. Like your wingers, yeah. your wingers maybe put put your right winger on the left for a little while and your left winger on the right for a little while. That, that would make sense, but not fullbacks and wingers. And yeah, and even with fullbacks and like the forward line in general, it winds me up a little bit seeing them move them around all the time because there are some people who are, um, who are specifically bad at being in certain positions, and you have to take that into account when you're deciding whether or not you should be playing this kind of holistic total football experience. Yeah, well, when when you're trying to play total football or whatever you're still going to need things that are, are lockdowns, like you are not going anywhere. Like for your, for your centre-backs, for instance, mm. you are not to go forward and like bring the ball out of defence and go on a FIFA run or something like that. Like to, to encourage complete fluidity, you're just asking for troubles if, you, if you're coaching a tie, tie side. Yeah. Because if they were capable of doing that, they wouldn't be playing in Thailand. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. And so that's, I'd say that's my kind of biggest bugbear on, on Twitter is just, I see a lot of stuff, which I think is a bit out of place and yeah. Just, just stick to FIFA if that's the kind of stuff that. <laughs> well, still, that stick to watching European in. football and talking about European yeah. football because all of that stuff, like I said, is super relevant and interesting in that context. And, and it is sometimes interesting and relevant in the context of Thai football, but, but as you were saying, only with certain clubs, only with, um, certain coaches oh, yeah certain only well coached teams and and you could you could argue that a lot of the teams aren't really that well coached like for well i'm gonna throw us under the bus in a way um i don't think that we were that well coached over the last x amount of years but we had the players that could go oh screw what the coach is saying to do let's just do our own thing and we're going to win yeah, like they didn't necessarily follow instructions, but they got the results. But there's still people in the stands going, "Oh, 
Choke is brilliant, or and and no, he's he's not brilliant. He the thing that I'll give him credit for was he probably made us a lot more disciplined. Like we weren't as petulant with him in charge where before we were, and but by that, like I don't think he did much coaching. Like if he did, it wasn't noticeable. So. Yeah, some some people would disagree with you. I've had conversations with people who who do think that he made the team markedly more organised. But but I'm on your side of that debate as well. Uh, I, I I think the players kind of just went like Choke is what a C license or a B license. Like he's not very well qualified. And so if 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 I was a player and I've played at a good level for so long and I know what I'm doing, I'd kind of just say, oh. Like, this C license coach doesn't really know what he's not really qualified to be telling me what to do. I'm just going to play my game and make sure that I don't fuck up. And I think for players that have been coached in Europe, again, they've been coached with players with better qualifications than that since they were how old? Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. a young kid, probably. Yeah. So, like, I don't know if players actually did that. I don't think players would have done that. But if it was me in that situation, I would have just gone, well, I'm just going to make sure I don't make any mistakes. Uh, as long as we win, I couldn't care less how the team played. Yeah. As long as we're not just dumping long ball after long ball after long ball. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. I'll, I'll try to draw, draw a line under that rant now. And um, so, so with Twitter, I think, again you get loads of links to news, opinion, interviews, pictures, videos, podcasts, like or you can get all the content on Twitter, but you just have to be super careful with it. That's the bottom line. Like so yeah. you have to know um what's what's likely to be bullshit and what isn't because Well they should ju- they should just be pop ups on certain pages that people news. who have been on people <laughs> who have been on that can kind of like flag it and be like, warning, you may you may be filled with rage if you read this. <laughs> yeah, it would, it would save you a few headaches. This page may lead to shouting. <laughs> yeah, so so I've done the positives and negatives again. And I've said, in terms of positives, it is the best source for up-to-the-minute news. Mm. And like besides football, you know, just general news, that's true as well. It's people just post stuff on there. And if you know how to filter it, then then you can get really, really good up to the minute news um there's a lot of diverse um views which are presented and and debated by fans from across the, the yeah. entire spectrum of thai football so you you get bangkok united muang tong port fans all in a forum where they can talk about football together which again you can't get from facebook because we've got kind of specific groups where where all the fans of one team gather together and the and the fans of another team gather together somewhere else yeah and uh, on the negative side, loads of rubbish is posted. And another thing, the people with the most followers have the loudest voice. Yes. So, so some people might um, not post particularly useful content, but have loads of followers um, for one reason or another. And, and yeah, and more people will see that information than will see maybe better information from people who have fewer followers, say. Well, I think the the beauty of um, social media was shown the other day with, uh, it's been going around on social media for a month now, about um, two years, 
possibly going to BG and, yep. and that kind of thing. So we all kind of had a picture of what was happening and then it just went bang, bang, bang. And it was all up on social media and we were all talking about it because it was so well published where it was all official very quickly. Yeah. And um, yeah, that was, I, that was I loved, by the way, talking about um, clubs before who, who've produced content, BG's videos introducing Tunia's <laughs> yeah. uh, were hilarious. So they were brilliant. Mm. <laughs> it's nice to see them put the effort in. Well, they even got other players involved, which was which was brilliant too. Like, they chose they chose their kind of biggest characters as well. They're kind of comedians. They had Siroch on there, who obviously is a kind of funny figure. Um, the guy in the first the the guy from the first video ended up being I forget his name the the half Thai half Laotian uh, striker uh, Surachat. Oh uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That ended up being Surachat. Um, so that was quite funny as well. These guys are the kind of the jokers at the club. And um and the reveal video was quite good. Yeah, I, I enjoyed that little that little bit of uh, media from Well they, they took it they took advantage of the situation too where the players are probably sitting at home or or whatever and they're bored. Hey, do you want to come in and help us announce a new player? Yeah. Sure. Right. So Stuff like that's good, good engagement for the fans as well. Very, very good. Yeah, brings brings attention as well. People, mm. people who wouldn't normally be interested but see something like that and go, oh, you know, a big player has has moved to wherever. Yeah. And um, okay, this is this is going to be the last part of this podcast where we're going to talk a little bit about Instagram. Um, not a widely used platform by fans, particularly. I don't think. Have you had any engagement on Instagram? Oh. Never been on it. Okay. Well, it's the reason I think it's good is because the players almost all use it. And it's a completely different side of engagement with football. But, but being able to see all of the players' profiles, pictures, comments, you can see in the comments how they interact with each other. It's, it does give you something that you don't get from Twitter or Facebook or, or anything else. Um, and kind of allows you to get to know players a little bit through that medium, I think. Yeah. There are normally official Instagram pages as well for clubs. Um, they'll post, again, similar to Facebook, just pictures, graphics, tables, whatever. Um, but it's the players' account accounts that I'm more interested in. And, um, yeah, I, I say just, yeah, we don't have to talk about this much. Uh, positives, best platform for learning about and interacting with players negatives. You can't really share anything besides pictures. So, so again, from the point of view of someone who produces content and wants to share it with people, it's completely shit because you can like post a picture of whatever you're doing, but then even they don't even allow like links in Instagram. So if I post like a picture of my article that I've written or whatever, you can't add a link which can then, someone can click and go straight to the article, which is really oh, shit. Okay. I don't know why they do that. So, so it'd basically just be about learning the back, like what a player gets up to in his everyday life kind of thing or, yeah, or whatever. Basically. They, they, yeah. You basically get to know them in a way. And the cool thing is also players will very often um, just respond to fans on there as well. And I've had a few chats with players through whatever Instagram chat and stuff like that through the direct messages. And yeah, players in Thai football are very 
accessible and okay. a lot of the time they will interact and chat with people which is cool yeah i think because there isn't there aren't many people who speak english on there maybe it's <laughs> oh, someone to have a chat to who knows about this club or whatever i'll i'll quite often welcome a new player to the club when you know on instagram after they've joined okay and i think it's quite widely used for that okay so that's that's kind of our very broad overview of how english language speakers can um engage with Thai football through different forms of media. Like we may have said some negative things, we may have slagged off some things, but on the whole, you know, all of us, all of the people we know through Thai football have all got here somehow and all through these various different ways of finding out and interacting with it. So it can't be that bad. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's good. We, like, we get everything we need one way or another. Yeah. And, I'd rather have something that kind of makes them go, ah, than nothing at all. Like, it, it's better to be talking about something than not talking about it at all. Yeah, it's be better to be having a whinge. <laughs> yeah. Well, some, sometimes you need that. You can't, you can't always be happy. There's got to be something that'll tick you off occasionally. Yeah. Okay, so that's, that's going to uh, end our, our podcast about this. We are going to go on and... Uh, have another chat about someone else, but that will be in a separate podcast. So yep. thanks, James. No worries.